Hey everyone, I'm Thanos Dabelis, and welcome back to The Greek Current, a podcast by the Hellenic American Leadership Council and Kathy Merini, where we highlight the top stories of the day every afternoon with analysis from guest experts, policymakers, journalists, and health staff. Following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis announced that Greece would send not only humanitarian aid, but also arms to Kyiv. While these arms are hardly enough to change the balance of the war, they have signaled a new doctrine in Greece's foreign policy, one that upends the country's longstanding aversion to getting involved in foreign conflicts. Prime Minister Mitsotakis made the case that this heightened willingness to help out abroad also benefits Greece's national interests, a sentiment that's been echoed by a number of analysts. This shift in foreign policy isn't without its critics, and a number of Greeks, including the main opposition, have voiced their concerns. Konstantinos Filis joins the Greek Current to discuss the decision to assist Ukraine and this broader shift in Greece's foreign policy doctrine. Konstantinos Filis is the director of the Institute of Global Affairs and a professor of international relations at the American College of Greece. Kosadinos, welcome to the Greek Currents. Great to have you with us. Great to be with you. After Russia invaded Ukraine, Greece was one of the first EU countries to announce it would send Kyiv arms in addition to humanitarian aid. Did this move come as a surprise, considering Greece's historic aversion to getting involved in foreign conflicts? Not at all. From the outset, Greece uh, maintained a principal stance on uh, a revisionist power that violated the territorial integrity, the national sovereignty, and the independence of another state using military force. So we had no other choice. Uh, Russia flagrantly violated these principles. And beyond these obvious analogies with regard to Turkey, a state that flies the flag of international law, seeing the global legal order under attack, must stand against this threat. Yes, in the past we uh, maintained a more balanced stance because it is in um, our DNA to be a bridge between opposing sides. Which is not to say that we developed our mediating skills to the level we should have, but we did keep our uh, distances. But in the past as well, at least since the end of the Cold War, we haven't had a situation like this. The civil uh, war in Yugoslavia was very different. In a recent piece in Politico, you described this shift, if we could call it that, in Greece's foreign policy and its willingness to get more directly involved in this conflict in Ukraine as one of two choices. What are the two choices that Greece is making here? Well, actually, in my uh, interview, I responded to a question on the extent to which our foreign policy doctrine has shifted in general. And I responded that, yes, this has happened on two levels. First, we realized that our membership in the European Union and NATO did not protect us fully from Turkey. This is why we decided to turn to bilateral defense agreements, like the one with France, to strengthen our deterrent power. And second, we decided that if we stayed out of operations and peacekeeping missions or offered very little to them, we would not be a priority for our partners and our otherwise capable army would not have battlefield experience. And you know, one reason why Turkey has secured the seat at the table is its willingness to contribute to the missions of NATO and other organizations. And of course, I don't want us to become like Turkey, but we cannot stay uninvolved. For example, in what was happening in the Sahel before the French withdrew and expect, at the same time, our partners to support us later when we need their help. It's been noted, and you just alluded to it, that Greece's heightened willingness to help out abroad can help it at home. Aside from sending arms to Ukraine, Greece has also been willing to take an active role, as you mentioned, in the Sahel with France, and we've seen it in Saudi Arabia as well. Are we witnessing the development of the new foreign policy doctrine that will see Greece step up its involvement abroad, whether it be in the East Med, in the Balkans, in Africa, or other areas? We are more active diplomatically, that's for sure. We are becoming more active militarily, but not in the direction of intervening in crisis. 
But it is true that Greece has changed, as mentioned before, its dogma, or at least one part of it, being more active in how it promotes its interests in its wider territory. Despite the accolades that the government has received for its stance on Ukraine, there was a recent poll that showed that roughly 70% of Greeks called the decision to send arms to Ukraine a mistake. And in another survey, 63% said the decision may prove to be dangerous for Greece. The main opposition has also voiced its concerns. What's behind this skepticism among the Greek public? Well, I want to stress two things here. First, as a society, uh, we are not accustomed to taking such a clear stance and even providing military assistance for a third country. I would guess that some of my fellow Greeks are afraid, following Russia's reaction, which targeted us, that we have angered Russia and uh, we may pay the price. Some people will link it to Cyprus. Others uh, will uh, worry about the Aegean or even a military agreement between Ankara and Moscow. And in general, that we turn an emerging and aggressive power against us. And that power will want revenge. Second, there are those in Greek society who see the West, uh, which really has made tragic mistakes from Yugoslavia to Iraq and from Afghanistan to Kosovo, as having gone unpunished. And now it wants to punish Russia. But it is wrong to equate the two situations, though this does not mean the West doesn't have its share of blame for the current uh, situation. But what the West has done can in no way justify Russia's brutality. That being said, we know that Moscow has a certain influence over a portion of Greek society, uh, whether due to orthodoxy or because of the mistaken impression that Russia has long supported Greece, or even from the perspective of die-hard communists, uh, people who want to see the Soviet Union restored, setting right the historical error of the breakup of the Soviet Union. Despite the skepticism Greece, we've seen it go all in on the West over the last years. And it's no secret that Russia has been annoyed by deals like the Prespice Agreement or the updated MDCA with the United States. How do you see this position on Ukraine and, you know, deals such as Prespice or the MDCA impacting Greece-Russia relations? Well, uh, we mustn't deceive ourselves. Russia has consolidated a relationship of uh, functional understanding and communication with Turkey, a relationship unaffected by their differences in various fields, such as Libya, Syria, and Nagorno-Karabakh. So we have to keep our expectations low uh, vis-à-vis Moscow. By the same uh, token, we have to follow through on the selection of Alexandropolis as the site for the U.S. base. We can't stop that halfway through, but we are obliged to pursue the consolidation of our position from Washington. Uh, We want them to see us as a trusted partner without taking us for granted. So together with all that, we have to take initiatives to stabilize the wider region, north and south of our borders, and support the transformation of the European Union into an organization with a role and say in development through the promotion of a rational and peaceful security architecture. As for our relations with Russia, they will remain frozen, but it is not in either side's interest for these relations to deteriorate further. This decision on Ukraine by Greece has stood out in a region where other countries, and we've talked about it briefly, Turkey, have instead tried to play the role of mediator. How does this factor into the broader discussion on Greece's clear alignment with the West and its more engaged stance on foreign policy? Well, uh, unfortunately, Turkey is an adventurous power, the country that consistently employs Russian methods such as intimidation, threat of the use of force and the use of force, the country that has adopted the revisionist Blue Homeland doctrine that weaponized the suffering of refugees and migrants, that wants to become a regional leader, and that until recently was not on speaking terms with most of the countries in its neighborhood, now wants to redeem itself through supposed mediation on the Ukraine issue. Even if there are circles on uh, the other side of the Atlantic and in Europe 
who buy this, who think we have to recognize Ankara's opposed exceptionalism in order to keep it under control, they need to know that only Putin holds the keys to the Ukraine issue. If, for these reasons, Putin wants to make a gift of the solution to Erdogan, making Erdogan look like an honest mediator, an honest border, uh, that's up to him. But you would have to uh, be very naive to believe that the Ukraine crisis will be settled through Ankara's actions. On the other hand, I reiterate that Greece would do well to follow this example and at long last launch mediation initiatives in the Balkans and the Eastern Mediterranean. I would like Greece to be uh, the first country that powers outside the region call when they want to hear an opinion of what they're doing. But mainly, I want Greece to coordinate the states, especially the Balkan states, not just to avoid the spillover effect of the war in Ukraine, but to find a common approach, a common denominator to responding to regional challenges such as climate crisis, migration, green energy transition, etc. Kosadinos, you were recently in Washington, D.C. at the Delphi Economic Forum, where you spoke on a panel that was focused on the Balkans and Greece's role in it. Do you think now is a unique opportunity for Greece to take up this role that you alluded to? For sure. Greece has to offer its uh, good services to its neighbors and, of course, to any outside power uh, which is interested in the stabilization of the Balkans, a region which is uh, really vulnerable and uh, might become even more vulnerable given the situation in uh, Ukraine. And we have many instruments at our disposal, one of them being uh, energy, but not only energy. And uh, that is the reason why I feel that Greece has now a unique opportunity to take initiatives in the direction of bringing stability and prosperity to the Balkan periphery. Wrapping up here, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has drawn a clear line in the sand between countries that uphold international law and Western ideals and revisionist countries like Russia or China. You've stated in the past that Greece has to follow a multidimensional foreign policy that keeps the door open to both countries. Is this becoming increasingly difficult, given you know, the bipolarity that we're seeing in the global order? Thanasis, in my view, we're not talking about a bipolar global order, but rather a polycentric world. I agree that the dividing line is between democracy and uh, authoritarianism. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be tuned in to current trends. And whether we like it or not, the East is on the right and the West is stagnant, if not on its way down. Does this mean we should change our orientation? Of course not. But we have no choice but to enrich our orientation with doses of multidimensional policy within a clearly delineated regulatory framework. We mustn't shut the door on proposals that might benefit us or of functional cooperation. One tangible example is the Costco investment in Piraeus, a beneficial agreement. But when Costco broke Greek law, Greece's courts had the last say. Ostantinos, thanks for joining us on The Greek Current. It's great speaking with you. Thanks, Thanos. It was a pleasure. In other news, Greece and Bulgaria are accelerating joint efforts to become less dependent on Russian natural gas, Bulgarian Prime Minister Kirill Petkov indicated in a recent interview. Commenting on plans to build a nuclear power station in Bulgaria that would also be able to supply energy to Greece, Petkov noted that Bulgaria is already exploring possible suppliers and moving ahead with a feasibility study so that it will be able to present a proposal possibly within the next 12 months. Meanwhile, the 220 million euro interconnector Greece-Bulgaria, a long-delayed gas pipeline between Greece and Bulgaria aimed at helping Sofia cut reliance on Russian gas, will be ready by the end of June and start commercial operations in September, Petkov said on Monday. Finally, Cyprus, long popular with Russians seeking to shield their money from instability at home, 
said on Wednesday it was taking steps to conform with EU sanctions on individuals considered close to the Russian state. In addition to implementing EU sanctions, Cyprus has also taken in more than 3,000 displaced Ukrainians to date, and last week it delivered what was described as its biggest ever humanitarian aid package to the war-torn country. Cyprus has also banned Russian naval ships from mooring in Cypriot ports to refuel and restock, Foreign Minister Ioannis Kasulidis told The Guardian. President Nikos Anastasiadis added that Cypriot's experience of war, division, and ongoing Turkish occupation underpins local compassion towards Ukraine. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.